This is Work of the Beat. It is Wednesday, August 11th, 2021. I'm Kevin Cooney, along with Mike Kern. Thanks for joining us. As we talk about the doldrum week, really, in the world of sports, it's the, you know, Eagles start on, uh, start exhibition games on Thursday, tomorrow. Uh, Philly's in the middle of a series against the Dodgers after losing last night to snap their eight-game winning streak. Um, Flyers and Sixers just in the off-season mode. The Ben Simmons talk continuing. uh, And college football getting ramped up. So a lot going on. But it's the quiet before the real storm, which occurs in September. So uh, we have a show announcement at the end of this uh, we think you're going to enjoy. And so we hope you will... Stay tuned and listen for that one. Mr. Kern, how are you? So we're going to talk Temple football. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Uh, we haven't hit that point of desperation yet. Okay. Hey, for, I will say this. I, I I hear what you're saying. It cannot be a doldrums week when the Phillies just had an eight-game winning streak. Their, I get it. Best, well, yeah, but in all seriousness, they did something. I think Scott Lauber wrote this that they in the inquiry that they've never done before which was in one week go from four games behind to two games up or mm-hmm. something along those lines. Yep. So yeah, they had a great they had a great week. Um and it wasn't their most important. Yeah, I kept hearing and I think you even said this last it wasn't their most important series since 2011. Their most important series was last September, the last week of the season when they blew it. Like everybody forgets that now because they lost most of their games. But they should have made the playoffs last year, which is why everybody thought the Marlins were going to be better than them this year, which I didn't think. And everybody thought the Nats were going to be better than them, which I didn't think. But I thought the Braves and maybe the Mets could be. But, hey, it was a, I mean, look, they're a flawed team in a flawed division that had a great week. Now, they have the easiest schedule. Um, hmm. The Braves somehow are still in this thing, I guess, because they're the Braves. Well, yeah, I think I, I think the the one thing, and you mentioned the easiest schedule, and, and you know, I've heard Miss Anelli talk about this, and and I talked about it a little bit last week. These next two weeks, I think it's important for Phillies fans to keep in mind. While the Phillies are playing the Dodgers and the Reds, by the way, people overlook the Reds are pretty good. Uh, they yeah. may not make the playoffs because the Brewers are running away with the the Central, but the Reds are the Reds have a lot of bats in that lineup. Yeah, they're going to probably play him without Castellanos. Um, Is this weekend on the road? No, they're at home. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, yeah, that's the other thing. Phillies are playing, like, almost all their games at home. Which, right. But yeah. then, but then, but then, yeah, they get the Dodgers for two more. They get the Reds for three. They go to San Diego and play them. And then they come home and play Tampa, who's going to roll away, it looks like, with the, with the American League East. Um, while the Braves are playing a lot of teams that, they should, you know, they should beat up on. Um, don't get panicked if the Phillies fall a game or two behind here, because the Phillies schedule and the Braves schedule essentially flips after that. Can they panic if they're like four games behind? Yeah, that's when you would panic. Um, hey, look, I, hey, hey, look, Kevin, I, I'm assuming they're not going to play. You know, I was trying to think about this. They're not going to play 800 50, baseball the rest of the way. They're no. 59 and 54, I think, if I have the record right. Um, yeah, which means you have 49 games left. And so if they go, uh, you have to get the 80, 20, uh, you, you're going to have to get the 87 wins. If they go 27 and 22, 
that gets him to 86, right? Right. There, I think 86, 87 is around that range where he went. Yeah. But I will say it is, if for those of us that thought they'd, they'd be over, maybe, I, I mean, if they don't win the over bet of 80 or eight, whatever it was, yeah, I don't know. I think 82, but yeah. And I still think that Philly fans, because I know Philly fans, I live here, you've lived here all your life, I've lived here, if they don't win this division, and I don't care if the Braves win like 87 games and the Phillies win 86. However, however this plays out or the Mets make a resurgence, I don't know. I, you know, I don't think they will. But if the Phillies don't win the division now, this town will be so disappointed because they have set themselves up now from a week ago when they were like, ah, ah, yeah, to, yeah, this is a real well, thing. I'm just telling you. I know this town. I, I get it, but I also think there's a circumstance involved. The Phillies play great baseball, and the Braves go out of their mind because there's only the three games between the two teams. But left. the Braves ain't going to go out of their mind. You know that the the Braves might. Well, but you always throw that. You always throw that caveat in there. Yeah, I mean, if the Phillies only get the 82, 83 wins, yeah, you're right. I think that the Phillies. I think if the Phillies don't make the playoffs, I mean, you can. You, look, let's say the Phillies win 85 or 86 and for some reason finish a game out. You're still going to have that last week of the season where... The, By the way, they go they to Atlanta. They go to Atlanta and to Miami to wrap up. So we should point right. that out. And then, you know, if the Atlanta series means something and they don't get it done, I'm just telling you, I know this town because they're setting themselves up. Just like they set themselves up with this. And look, the Sixers finish first, so I'm not going to say set themselves up. It is what it is. This town does this all the time because they have so little to cheer for that when something comes along that they can cheer, like the Flyers this year, you know, the fly, oh, yeah. and then what? Huh? The goalie stinks? Oh, what? I'm just saying, I think, I said, when we, the show I do with Dick Girardi on Saturdays from, from Parks on The Gambler, and we were talking with the guy, the, the betting guy, and the Phillies were seven to one to win the division at that point. And we both discussed it and said, when was probably this? the best value on the board. The Braves were like 350, and I think the Mets were minus 250. And we all agreed that he couldn't bet the Mike, Mets. Mike, how far ago was this? About like, three weeks or so okay. ago. All right. No, just want to give a time frame for people to yeah, understand. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And and now they're not a value because now they're like the favorite. Oh, especially local books. Yeah. But at the time, they were 7-1. to one. And I wasn't sure. I, I, I'm not going to say I thought they were going to win the division. I'm just saying it's 7-1. to one, They were the best bet on the board, I thought. And the guy who does our thing actually thought. So I don't know. I'm just telling you. The, the whole thing has reversed itself in a week. They are now. They're in a position where they have. It, it, it's like they have something to lose now. They, they Before, they didn't have anything to lose. It was just like, ah, oh, Cray, they're a 500 team. This is what we thought they were. Then they went out and made some trades at the deadline. They weren't major trades, but they helped them a little bit because now you don't get Vinny pitching. You don't get Howard pitching. You don't get more. Oh, God, they brought him in last night. Oh, my God. Who? If the, the guy they got from Japan. Mike Moore? Oh, God. He can't pitch anymore. You can't bring him in. I I, I, I know. Oh, God, don't get me started. But anyway, they are, and they started hitting, which was the big thing. They started hitting the ball. Okay. And then we saw the team that we thought they could maybe be. And, well, you know, they got six weeks left, seven weeks left. Let's see how it plays out. I they, I think they could win it, but I also see a scenario where I, I don't think the Mets can win it. I, no, I no, and I, th- I think the Braves or the Phillies. You know, and I, I think the, the thing with the Mets, when you look at it, uh, the Mets have those after, I mean, they, they're 
they got three more with the Nationals. I have to complete that game from last night. Um, but they got three with the Nationals, and then they get the Dodgers and Giants basically for the next two weeks straight. Um, yeah, they're done. They're, yeah, I mean, without the I Grom, I don't care who they were playing. They're just their team. Well, but you add that team. into it, it's an extra factor. But they don't hit. No, they don't hit their lineup. And I know Lindor's been a big whatever, and then they went out and got Baez. But their team, there's something with that team. And even when Degrom pitched, they weren't like a lock to win. But he was great. And he he might not pitch again the rest of the year. You know, if the Mets get to the point where they're like five games out, shut them down. Out, you shut them down. Exactly. Why? Why would you, you, you get know, him? Get him ready for for next March in in Queens. I mean, you know, yeah. you hate saying it that way, but that's probably what it will be. Well, he'll be Strasburg. You know, he'll be Syndergaard. I mean, you know, where have we heard this story before? It happens. That's why the Phillies have been so fortunate with Wheeler because he was a little bit damaged goods. You don't. You weren't sure. And he's pitched like you know he might yeah. win the Cy Young. And, and the one, the one word of caution I should say on Wheeler that everybody has to keep in mind: he has the, he has the heaviest workload of any but yeah. pitcher in baseball at this point. What are you going to do? I mean, so uh, the one you're not, thing you're the, not going to keep him. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that benefits is. him is the fact that his pitch count in a lot of those games has not been astronomical. Um, you know, he's gotten some quick outs. Uh, but it's still, it's still something that, that that you keep in mind and you keep an eye on. So yeah, but look, I mean, they may not have Eflin the rest of the year. We don't we don't know this. Well, we they're 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 saying actually Eflin could be back in two weeks. That's fine, Kevin. But he's been out for a month or so with a knee injury. Right. I don't think, uh, so it's been people out think three he's going to come back and be what? He's going to need at least two rehab starts. Yeah, you're right. And even after that, I mean, I don't know what he's going to be in a pressure cooker of a September pennant race that you hope you're in. But I thought what Nola did last night was it was encouraging. It, um, it was encouraging. I will say this. The the trick for Aaron Nola now is you got to follow it up. He's pitching again on Sunday against sure. Cincinnati. Absolutely. He has not been able to follow up starts like that. He was very good. He's been very good in some starts. Uh, the one scary part is, and I, I because I've been listening to post game a little bit to try to get there, there you know, now, Apparently, his fastball, and you would, of course, know this. His fastball. When he was really good, his fastball, he could locate his fastball. Mm -hmm. Last night was a lot of breaking stuff, and I have no problem with that. Yeah, but that was also because, well, and that was also because of the fact that the Dodgers are a very good fastball hitting team. So he had them out in front a lot. Uh, And and I I thought him, the one thing that's been interesting, and has been talked about a lot, I don't know if him and Real Muto actually are on the same page a lot. Yeah, I, um, I, I wouldn't be, have the faintest idea. Uh, because their pitch sequencing doesn't seem to have a pattern. Uh, and normally you don't want to have a pattern and everything, but there's not. Last night was the first night I got the sense that they were both on, okay, when we get the two strikes, we're going to throw the curve a lot. And, mm. you know, I thought last, we talked about this after the National Series where he got bombed on that Thursday. And it's like his pizza, he got very heavy on the curveball, and he did. This was more selective with the way he was using the curveball, I thought. And that's where I, I kind of give him a lot of credit that they had a really good game plan. But, you know, you can't, you can't plan for a rain like that. You just can't. No. And, I mean, you I, know, I, it's I, one of them things yeah. that happen in baseball. You're going to have 60 of those a, a, a season. Yeah, I mean, I he made Muncie look stupid in the first inning. And Muncie's like one of the, the MVP candidates, supposedly. Uh, 
it, the Dodgers are amazing to me, Kevin. And I know they got money to spend coming out the yin yang. But look at the, I looked at their they lineup. Find guys I'm everywhere. thinking, like, wait a minute. This team, and I know the Giants are still in first place. I get it. The Giants, all kudos to them. But here you got Cody Bellinger, an MVP, is batting seventh. seventh. And the only reason he's batting seventh is because Betts is out of the lineup, or he would have been batting eighth. They got uh, Turner's on the bench. Bauer hasn't pitched in three weeks or, or a month or whatever that's been. Kershaw is it? I mean, my God, how good is this team if you had to play them in a playoff series? Well, and that's the thing. I, I was talking to my buddy last night, uh, Mike, and, and we were we were talking. I'm like, you know, honestly, if I want to have my shot at the Dodgers, you know when I want them? I want them if they get to the wild card game. Because that's the only way you beat them. You're not going to beat them in a seven-game series. You're going to have trouble beating them in a five-game series. The Phillies aren't going to be in a wild-card game. No, no, no. I'm saying, like, the most dangerous oh, you team. Want a, you want a one-day shot. Sure. The one-day shot. You Absolutely. know, if I'm the San Diego Padres, I'll take my one-day shot against the sure. Los Angeles Dodgers. And if and there's going to be a lot of people in the sport. If I'm the Giants, if I'm the Brewers, my God, you're going to be Padres fans. You're going to be Padres fans because you don't want that – you don't want that Dodger team in a five or a seven game series because you have no well, prayer. Maybe, maybe the Giants are just the best team. You know, I don't know about that. That's fine, but we keep poo pooing them, and we're in oh middle. no no, and he deserves manager of the year, and he and, maybe and they're that, just a really good team. Maybe they're just maybe they're not a fluke. Um, the, all right, you know. I'll say they're not a fluke, but there's also a little bit of a magic carpet ride going. I think they're performing above the sum of their part. Uh, they're performing above the total of their parts at this point. But if you ask me right now, I can have the Dodgers or the field. I take it's it's like the NCAA tournament. It's exactly if you can play a team. If Duke plays somebody set, set best of seven, Duke ain't losing. Mm-hmm. But, but best of one, yeah, you know, they lose. Yeah, people lose. That's the, that's what makes the NCAA tournament, tournament so great. Is that you do have that crap happens. And then usually by the end of it, the Baylor is playing Gonzaga in the final. But it's know, almost like it's almost like right. watching the NBA playoffs. Like, yeah, I mean the NBA playoffs. Unless, you Atlanta, have a, unless Atlanta is playing the Sickers. right? The NBA playoffs normally follow a formula. Sure. Um, the the baseball playoffs, if the Dodgers don't get knocked down the wild card, will probably follow a formula. They probably I will. Remember that. I mean, the Dodgers have been. One of the best teams. Like and they've the only won one World Series. They've only yes. won one, and that was in a 60-game season. So I'm not saying that last year didn't count. It counted. They, they won. No, they but there was a flukish it. nature to it. I get it. And, and maybe the reason they lost to the Astros was because the Astros were cheating. I you know, I don't know this. Uh, the, the, yeah. the Red Sox were the better team that year that Boston blew them out. So. On paper, you, 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 know, you don't win championships on paper. I don't know if Bauer's going to pitch again. I don't know. Uh, he won't, if he won't pitch for them anymore. No, no way. Well, okay. So you're saying he's not going to be back this year? No. But then they go out and get Kurt, and they go out and get Scherzer. <laughs> and, and Scherzer's going to resign there. I think. I think it's a. Yeah. I, I, I you know, know. And, and I heard T Mac mention this on the broadcast last night. He's made it known he wants to go to Southern California. Well, there's two options. There's the. Right. Well, there's three options, but I don't see him going to the Angels. I think he'll stay in the National League and he'll go with either the Dodgers or the Padres. Max Max Scherzer will go down as one of the great free agent signings in history by the Nats. They signed him for seven years. They got everything out of him. They got a World mm-hmm. Series out of him. They got, I mean, and they got trade value. They, they got, got trade, trade value, value at the end. <laughs> and they did, and and you see that so rarely in sports anymore, especially with pitchers. 
because, you know, look at Strasburg now. It, it happens. It's just – and that's why I said the Phillies with Wheeler, I had my doubts because I'm like, okay, the guy had, you know, whatever. He's given them this year. He's given them everything. And without him – and I'd say, if they get Nola going, if you can get Nola going – now that you're not throwing Vinny out there, and I'm not saying the back of the rotation's great. I'm not saying their bullpen's great. But if Nola can give you a solid one-two punch. And with with, Gibson, with Gibson as your third, that's not bad. Yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe Eflin's okay. And the guy they got in the trade at the trade deadline, you know, he could be okay. Uh, and if they hit, it get they, Look, if they play Milwaukee, if it turns out to be Milwaukee, it, well, it would probably be San Francisco. That it probably end up with San Francisco. Oh no, no, no! Uh, they would no. I'm no, sorry, no. They would end up with Milwaukee. They could right. beat Milwaukee, sure. Yeah, the West, the West teams are going to be beating up on each other because yeah. they're all yeah. going to play each other. Could they beat Milwaukee? Look, I, I, I can't tell you. I know three or four players on Milwaukee. Right, once I get past a couple guys, but yeah, why couldn't they? You they, know, who they, knows? they could, I mean, they could beat Milwaukee. I think at a best the seven they could push the Giants if they if everything broke right they they would they could win the series. Uh, the only series I think they would have no prayer on would be the Dodgers, but that's me. Yeah, but you know it's funny. I heard somebody talking today. I, was it on Angelo's show? Might have been one of the shows. Maybe it was John Kincaid. The 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 record of the Dodgers against like playoff teams is not very good. No, the record of the of the um, the record in one one game. The record in one one run games is brutal. Yeah, they're, they're so like I, mean, I think five under five hundred or something. Well, they did have that bad stretch of like two weeks where they were horrible mm-hmm. back in like May or something. But look, it, would the Dodgers be favored? Absolutely. Would it be? But just get to the playoffs. Just be in the playoffs. I don't care if you lose. Here's four, four games to Milwaukee. Uh, they won't lose in four, but. Getting the playoffs, it's a well, step. it's either they would lose in three, four, or five if they ended up with Milwaukee. But yeah, I I get what is you're it. Is it the best of five? It's the best of five, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought the first, no. I'm sorry. I thought they had extended it to a no. Seven. It's I'm still sorry. best of five. Well, then you definitely got a shot. Then yeah, I would yeah. say I would, especially with the three guys, you would roll out there with if Nola's right, and assuming you made the playoffs, Nola probably got right. Wheeler in game one, Nola game two. Gibson in game three, it's not yeah. bad. And Eflin maybe is your either game four or coming out of the bullpen. It's not but bad. But again, at all. you got to be hitting. You got to be hitting. A little oh, you got to hit. Yeah. And your bullpen. And Milwaukee does have very good pitching. Young pitching. Your bullpen probably is going to have to give you something. Mm-hmm. And the bullpen still scares me. It just, I know it's better. I know it's not what it was. There's just some guys that they can, and probably in the playoffs, they won't put those guys out there. But my God, you can't. I, well, yeah, you're not going to see De Los Santos and Moore and all that in a bowl, in a playoff series. You're not. I get it, but why then are they out there in a two in a one nothing game? I, I, that's the you see, and that's it. where you know we've talked about Girardi a lot this year, a lot more than I anticipated we would. When if you got me in March, I, I thought last night's, given the fact that his bullpen had been rested for two straight days, I found the. The sequencing very weird last night. Not that I, not JD Hammer. JD Hammer was fine, but then going more in De Los Santos was just Hammer gave up the home run to Seager, right? Yeah, but but that's gonna happen. I mean, that's no, a, no, 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 no. I, I got no, I got no problem with that. My, my more takes about yeah, it's a one nothing game. More to go into the following inning, right? Yeah, more takes him out of the game. Yeah, and why? Like at that point, did he have to go in? <laughs> no, I well. I'm trying to remember if, if 
the hammer spot came up in. Um, I wonder. No, it, it, I was going to say, does his did his spot come up in? in no, but who they else pinch was in the bullpen that he could have put in instead? Is what I'm asking. He could have put Naris in. Okay, and I'm just saying. Oh no, I'm just saying. If me, you're going I that way, you could have done that. Out. I mean, you have more options. They need Brogdon back big time here. Oh well, yeah, I mean they sure, and he's not great, but no, but he eats innings. Nobody in their bullpen is great. Oh, uh, that's just they, they, it is. Uh, maybe Ian, maybe Anderson. I don't know. But, but you, but you could have juggled with with the fact that your your bullpen guys had two days off. You could have juggled Alvarado and Bradley and Neris and all them to make it a little more efficient. I agree. That's all I'm saying. I wouldn't have put more in that. No, I wouldn't either. either. No, that no game that game was still winnable, even though you didn't. It turned out you didn't score, yeah. but I would have. That's me. Because once you fell behind four nothing, you could tell that they grinded the bats of sawdust, and that oh, a couple done. opportunities. I was done at that point. Yeah, and, and look. Uh, if you had won last night's game, I mean, you beat, you know, you, if you would have beat Scherzer, that's, you know, that's, look, I'm not trying, I can't try to make two significant things out of every game. No. Like the Braves lost the game over the weekend when the Nats scored three runs off In the ninth. ninth inning. Well, that's a horrible loss. And we may sit there at the end if the Phillies win by a game and say, wow, remember that game? But the Phillies have had games like that too. And the Phillies have had games they've won that they probably shouldn't have won. So, over 162 games, you're going to get that. But I'm starting to look at games now and say, <clears throat> like, I noticed that Braves game Saturday night, and I'm like, wow, that's a bad loss. Yeah, I will yeah. say, I'll, 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 this is, I'll wrap up the Phillies topic on this. You mentioned how this town will be really down, and, and, and I'm not dis, I'm not disagreeing completely. I mean, oh no, your circumstances, Kevin. Maybe not at like if the Braves won 87, the Phils won 86. I understand where you're coming from, except they will play the Braves three times that last week. Week, yeah, that probably means they would have lost some games that last week. Uh, but I will also say that I think people, the one thing the Gibson slash Kennedy trade did was I think it reminded people that Dave Dombrowski's pretty good at this stuff. Yeah, um, and that trade, look, is it, is it? Epic? No, it's not. It's it, but it's the type of trade that you 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 have a GM make who knows what he's doing, who gets you in the contention, and I think people will understand it. They'll have more of a full off season. They'll have some financial flexibility because they're going to have to replace left field. Uh, they're going to have to. They have some pieces here that they can work with. They have some issues they're going to have to deal with too. Um, you know, no minor league system. Um, the 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 third base situation I think is going to have to get addressed in the offseason. They got a lot of situations. Yeah, but um, they, from what from what they were dealing with compared to other teams, that was the only moves they were going to make. Yeah, they weren't getting Chris Bryant. They weren't getting those kind uh, the, the the closer. They weren't getting Reynolds. No, they weren't getting that. So and they're still going to have that problem this offseason. And like you said, I think this is going to be a really interesting offseason because whether the Phillies make the playoffs or not. They're not going to be the favorite next year, in all likelihood. The Braves mm-hmm. probably are. <clears throat> I don't know what the Mets will do in the offseason. Well, they'll I, I spend money. Yeah. yeah. The Nats will be done for a while. I, I mean, the Marlins got some decent young players. But the, the Phillies are still going to go into the offseason with lots of questions. Shortstop. They got him signed for another year. Third base, like you said. Left field. Center field. Yeah. That's half, that's half of you. And, and Hoskins is a free agent, right? No, Hoskins is arbitration. Okay. Okay. But you got you got him for two, two more years. 
four of your starting eight positions you're going to have question marks about. Now, you can sign all the free agents you want. You and I know that's not how you build baseball teams. but No, but they'll, they'll, they'll be in the market for a couple of those big guys. Yeah. Let, let's look at it this way. What if Eflin doesn't come back right? What if Nola doesn't pitch well in September for the third or fourth straight year? You know, well, these are questions you might be dealing with. And, Mike, I'll go a step further on this. I mean, you know, do you look at Hoskins and Nola and, and Boom and ask what they can get you in a market, and could that help restart your minor league system? Um, and then, but then what are you saying about next year? Well, I was just going to say, you know, you have free agents that can – you have some free agents that you could get who I th- I, hate, I hate free agents. I, I, I know you hate saying. free agents. I get it. I get it. Do I, I think it. do I think all right, this is this is my own opinion. This is not based on conversations I've had with anybody down there or anything. Do I think they're gonna be in the market for Chris Bryant? Yeah, I do. Okay. I, I do because Because of the relationship with Harper. The, the relationship with Harper. They okay. are gonna have money coming off the books. Uh the complicating factor, of course, is what's gonna happen with the with the labor agreement. What's right, the luxury tax yeah, number? Right, yeah. I mean, you don't think they're playing baseball next year? So. No, I think they'll play. <laughs> okay, I, I think okay. they'll play. I think it, it'll be the lead spring training. Would Brian, would Brian be your center fielder? No, or I put him. I put him at third. Okay, okay. I mean, you See, could you could the put him in center. I have is twofold. I don't think this is Dombrowski's niche. He's not the guy that's that's trading away guys to build up your farm system. That's not him. He comes in to try to take you over the top. No. That, that's his thing. And I'm just not sure. It's kind of like the Eagles thing with, like, Zach Ertz. Okay, we'll trade Zach Ertz. Oh, what are we getting for him? I'm not sure right now, Hoskins, Nola, or Boom, I don't know what they get you. Uh, maybe other teams, I don't know what they're I'll give you. I'll tell you are. why I think they give you something. Cost certainty. Well, what? How, how long's Nola signed for? Two more years. Okay. Uh, Hoskins, you said, is going to be a, a yeah, first-year um, arbitration guy, so you have two more years of arbitration with him. Okay, and, and Bohm's still young. Bohm's still yeah, making peanuts. But I'm just saying, I don't think you're dealing from a real— No, you're not dealing with a you're not dealing with three future All-Stars. No, or, you know, a young winner and all depends, that. No. Are you getting back, like, single-A prospects who are really considered to be good or, like, Triple A prospects who might only be a year away from getting probably the split the difference and say double A, but go ahead. Yeah, okay. You you know what I'm saying. Though. I know. I just don't know how other teams view those three guys. But if you're going to patch it with free agents, you're not no. worried necessarily about I, that. I'm with you. I just think the you're not you're not worried about 2023 at that point. You're worried about 2025. Yeah. I see, and I don't know if you sell that in this town. I I just oh, I, I, don't I, I know. Think would, I think it would sell can, more than you think it would. After a decade of no, you're going to tell fans, "Hey, three more." And by the way, no, no, I, no, I'm saying two by then. No, I'm saying that if you're, let me let me make it clear, you're still playing for 2022. You're still playing with your free agent signings. If you go Bryant, um, take whatever top of the market guys you want. Okay, you would still be playing for 2022. You would be trying to rebuild your farm system at the same time on the underneath that gets you ready for 2025 when you have more of the need. I'm for, just not, I don't, I think you can't, I, I think it's really, really hard to do that. Oh, it's, it's both, difficult. It's, it's a, it's, it's like the Eagles telling you threading the needle. Sure. No, I, I just think, and, and if, then if you take, 
let's say for the sake of argument, you take Boom, Hoskins, and Noah, take two out of those three off your team. Well, you got to replace those guys. You can't. And if you're going out and signing guys, that's going to screw up your salary cap too. And the owner's already on record as saying he doesn't want it, whatever. And I understand uh, that. Uh, I don't think it's as easy as you make it. If Chris Bryant signs, he's going to get a lot no, of money. No, but they, they also have a lot of money coming off the books. They do. They have but the Herrera contract. They replace people. Well, yeah. You you, if you go what you're doing is replacing them with, with top end talent. But what I'm trying to say, Kevin, you make it sound too easy. You're like, oh, I'm not McCutcheon. So here's McCutcheon's 20. And Noah's whatever Noah makes it. But the guys you have to sign to replace them are probably going to make as much, if not more, than those guys. It ain't like those guys are going to come in cheaper. You're going to go out and get a top-end free agent cheaper than Noah? Or a top, or somebody to play first base cheaper than Haas? No, but there is an immediate need right now for them to I, get I their farm system pro- right. I think you have to – I understand what you're saying, but I just think it's – and the other thing is if the Phillies either make the playoffs or come real close, there's going to be that uproar from the fans that we want to be – Good in 2022. We don't want to. We're not. We don't care about 2025. We'll care about 2025 when 2025 gets here. The only time they care about their minor leagues is when they go out to make trades and can't make them. By the way, or when uh, they need to bring up a prospect and there's no prospects. All right. So the Phillies' payroll as of right now for next year is at 142 million with the guaranteed contracts they have for buyouts. What's the salary cap? Well, we don't know that yet because it would probably be about 208. Okay. So, and then, then, like I said, if you go sign a couple of really good okay. free agents, it's going to get you up near, like, 190. All right, let me let me give you the guys who are, are like, buyouts or free agents, okay? It's McCutcheon, who's the $3 million buyout. Right. Okay. Yeah, he pro- his contract will probably be about $15, 20000000 million, so you're not, re- you're not re-upping him there. Uh, Do you are- think you could get McCutcheon at cheap? Maybe. Because he, I mean, he was your best hitter in June. Yeah. Uh, Archie Bradley. Uh, Hector Neris. Uh, Chase Anderson. Vince Velasquez. Brad Miller. Matt Moore. Ian Kennedy is a free agent. Um, so, yeah, they got some. The, um, Freddie Galvez will be a free agent. You know, a couple of these guys who are. But, again, are, if you're replacing Neris with another Neris, you can't just replace 10 guys who we view as being out. No, you're right. And then say, but we're going to go out and get 10 guys. Or we're going to go out and get eight guys. And, oh, by the way, if they're not average, we're going to have to pay them. It's, I understand what you're saying. Kevin. Right. I get it. But I just don't think it's as feasible as you're making it sound. Well, let me. You want to be a better team. Right. In well, let me. Let me give you, by the way, on those guys I was tell, talking about next year, Aaron Nola makes 15.5. Which isn't a lot, really, right? Well, I mean, and, no, I'm just saying. No, for, and so, and he'll also ha- there's a club option for 23. So basically, a team trading for him would have him for two years. What's Wheeler making? 20? Wheeler is 26 next year. Twenty. Okay. Uh, he's making 22.5 now, 26 next year, 24.5 and 23, and 23.5 and 24. Yeah. Um, you were asking about uh, well, you mentioned Hoskins. Hoskins is arbitration second year of arbitration next year, so basically he's not a free agent until twenty twenty four, right? And he'll get a raise because he he was having a, a if you look at the home runs and RBIs, he was having a good year. Mm-hmm. And Alec Bohm through twenty twenty five is not even in arbitration, so 
The thing I would caution people about Alex Bohm, Alec Bohm is he was runner-up for rookie of the year, and I know he, he can't field third base. 60-game schedule. I, I know, but still, I'm just saying is I, I would I, I hate to give up on a guy like that. I get it. And then three years from now, have him be. Then you, you better know, find another position player. for him. Yeah, well, first base, right? Isn't that what they talked about? I've talked to somebody who told me he's worse at first base than he is at third. So you're left with left field, I you guess. I think. Right? I mean, Christ, if Pat Burrell played left field effectively, you would hope Alec Bohm could do it. I mean, how much worse could he? I mean, look, McCutcheon isn't horrible, but he's not great. How much worse could it be? They, uh, yeah. But no. the problem is he's not hitting. No. So if you're going to put him in left field for his bat, well, that you know he's not hitting right now. So I mean, he's going to be out of the lineup. I'm telling you right now. Freddie Galvis, and again, people are making it sound. I love this. Freddie, they're making like, Freddie Galvis sound like like he's what something. I remember when he was here, he wasn't all that great. But now it's like he's the salvation. People got to calm down. They really do. He, he tried to hit home runs here, and he's not a home run hit. He's a great defensive player, but he's going to be playing late innings. He's going to be out there. Uh, Torres is going to be out there somehow. And D.D. and Boehm are not going to be out there somehow. That's if, if you want to win games late, those guys have to be on the field for defense. Um, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, at this You're point. You're going to have Boehm or D.D. out there. Oh, you can't. In the of a game, they're going to make an error. It's going to cost them a game, and people are going to sit there and go, really? This is like, because that's, you know that's going to happen. You oh, know sure. it, Kevin. You know it's going to happen. Uh, let me, uh, uh, one final baseball topic. Um, tomorrow night, and I, you know I don't normally give baseball a lot of credit for the way they do things anymore, especially under this. Uh, is this the Iowa game? Yeah. I love the idea. I love I it. I think it's a great idea. You're, I think you're 100% right. I, I think it, 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 there's one flaw with it. Okay, and it's a minor flaw, but it's a flaw that <clears throat> you're doing it on Shoeless the Joe, Joe Jackson ain't making an appearance. Well, that, that well that. Um, and by the way, I, I've often said I think Field the Dreams is the most overrated baseball movie ever. But I get, I, yeah, I'm in the minor, I'm in the minority. I don't know if I've ever watched it from start to finish. I've seen it, but yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I like the movie, but I tend to agree with you. It's okay, and I'll admit it took on for me a different significance once your dad, my dad, passed away, sure, because that's sure. what it plays into. Yeah. Um, but the one bad part I thought baseball did was, boy, you're scheduling against the first week of the NFL's preseason, and there's a lot of people in a lot of cities who are going to be tuned into that, no matter how silly and stupid we think it is. Obviously, I still think it was silly and stupid that you you watched most of the Pittsburgh. Dallas game last week. I have no explanation for that whatsoever. Why you would watch past the first quarter, or why you would even? I watch think I, the first I think quarter. I watched. I think I watched it mainly because Fox did a good job of bringing interviews in, and I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. It's it's exhibition football. It's exhibition basketball. <laughs> it's exhibition anything. I don't care. But that's me. Well, will you watch exhibition football tomorrow night with the local team? That's my team. Okay. That's not the Cowboys Steelers. I my team now, first of all, I never watch exhibition anything. I if I may watch the first quarter just to see Jalen Hurts play. I may. 
or I may not. If there's something good on the Food Network, I may not. I may be down the shore tomorrow, so I may not. If I told you in the last 10 years or last 20 or whatever how much exhibition Eagles I've watched, and you know that the primary reason is Sam Bradford. Because oh, this sure. town went goo-goo nut crap because Sam Bradford went to Green Bay and completed like nine straight passes. Two touchdowns. Like, yeah. This, you got nothing better to do with your time than tell me how great Sam Bradford is because he did this. Come on. Come on, please. It's exhibition. When they line up on the 12th against the Falcons, I'll watch. And I'll make decisions based off starting based off that. And, you know, otherwise I don't care. I mean, I, I, I'll watch, obviously, because. If my choice tomorrow night was the is the baseball, and who's playing in the baseball game? The White Sox? And the Yankees. Okay. If my choice is that or the exhibition Eagles, I'd watch the baseball game. Okay. But I might not watch either, but I'm just saying I, that would be my choice. I think, by the way, I flipped on the football game because it was that or watch the Olympics. And the Olympics at that point, I knew everything in 20 hours. Yeah, it was from I, 20 hours I before. Just, I, there's no value to my time. And trust me, I watch more TV than anybody. I'll watch movies for the 55th time. To watch the Dallas Cowboys play the Pittsburgh Steelers in a game that means nothing, that Dak Prescott ain't playing in, didn't travel to. Uh, yeah, I don't. Why? Why should I care about? Why should I care about anything that happens before September the twelfth or September the tenth? I guess if you're the Patriots and the Cowboys, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I mean, now look, if Rogers play or somebody plays a game and gets hurt, that's significant. I understand that. But other than an injury, uh, you know, the the job. I mean, how many times have we seen teams in the NFL go zero and four? And then they win their division, right. or, or vice versa, four and zero, and then they lose their division and they finish last. I, it's means nothing. Uh, let, let's get... I mean, something for me, something for the Eagles because they have a new coach, yeah, and a new guy trying to play quarterback. So, and that's it. But I'll tell you, let, let's say for the sake of argument, Jalen Hurts doesn't look real good or as good as you want him to look in the preseason. Okay, it's worth noting. It's worth writing about. If he plays, then goes out and plays well against the Falcons, then what did it mean? Well, and th- and that's the thing, and we might as well then get into the the whole Eagles discussion because uh, Sirianni broke the worst kept secret ever, and that Hurts is going to start Game One against uh, against Pittsburgh tomorrow night. Um, How Joe Flacco take that? <laughs> Joe still has not taken a snap with the ones yet, so um, I, you know. I get, <clears throat> I get that you want to create this era of competition and you know non entitlement and all that, but you know and we talked about it last week. It, it, it's silly. It was stupid. It, it, it just the idea that he hasn't named Mylata the starting tackle because you know he he keeps rotating Andre Dillard in there is just completely absurd at this point. But remember know. this, Andre Dillard. Ortega Whiteside, and maybe Rager, okay? I don't know about Rager yet. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, okay? You can't – how he can try to defend himself all – he's got a ring. I'm Never take that away. He helped orchestrate all that, whatever. He moved up and got Wentz. Wentz was a big reason they won the Super Bowl. He got Foles. Give him all the credit. Those draft picks suck. Yeah. And – there are other draft picks in there that we could also mention 
that suck. You can't make picks like that. You you can't make because taking Whiteside meant you had to take Rager last year. And that means you have Rager to take last Smith. Year meant you had to take Smith this year. Or is it yeah, right. Yeah. Uh and it's just on and on and on. It's like when you take an Andre Dillard. Now look, the Mayalata pick is a I'll give him all the credit in the world. Whoever was responsible for that, and um you, you know, the guy I think they took a flyer on him in the seventh round because the line coach had seen him play or something, and they knew it would take a couple years. Hey, this guy that could turn out to be a tremendous draft pick. Jason Kelsey, tremendous. Yeah, you're going to have good ones, you're going to have bad ones. But when you make three bad ones or two bad ones in a row like that, and maybe a third bad one, yeah, you, you can't overcome that as a franchise. No, no because you know as much as as much as we all love the the guy in the fifth or sixth round who's the impact guy for a team that wins something. You you don't have a prayer if you keep striking out on the top of the draft, and that's exactly what they've been doing. You need those guys, like the really good teams, if you notice, hit a a fair amount of those four or five-round kind of guys. Yeah. They'll hit the – like the Patriots. For years, we always just say, who are the Patriots receivers? We didn't even know who the Patriots receivers were. Didn't matter. They had Tom Brady. Uh, You know, and and they would make it work. They they always had different running backs. And they were never first-round draft pick running backs. No. Uh, but it was the Patriots, so well, okay. Uh, it's just I, I, when they took Dillard, I was just like, as and when they took Rager, I was I'm not Rager, the uh, Ortega Whiteside, and I'm like, come on! And then they took Hurts, yeah. like you and you're just sitting there going, you can't keep doing this. But hey, look, everybody thinks the running back they took this year later in the draft is go, is has a chance. Um, so good for them. You, you, you can only hope that they start getting. You, you hope the two guys they took from Alabama this year turn out to be good. And, and honestly, like you know, a guy like Miles Sanders, uh, you know, I think a lot of us would say, well, you know, it wasn't a bad pick. But guess what, Miles Sanders he's had, had his moments. He's, he's had, had his moments, but he hasn't exactly lit the world on fire either. Now, if you lately. take away, and he's had about four or five or six long runs. That the the highlight films, you know, sixty yard touchdown run. But if you take those away, and he, and the, what's more troubling to me is his problem catching the football. In the Eagles' offense, but what we've been told is that, that, that you need your running backs to catch the football. And in the NFL now, most of your running backs have to catch the football. Yeah, you know, if you're Derrick right. Henry, no, we're going to hand you the ball. You're going to carry twenty five times a game. Life is good. And he just seems like I, I agree with everything. He's good. But he's not as good as he. Right. I think he needs to be for the Eagles to be a better football team. Now, how much of that was due to the line last year? Who knows? You know, I'm sure it played. I'm sure it played a role, and I'm, I'm sure he, you know he knows. Hey, I got to be better. That uh, that 19 draft. Okay, that 19 draft was Dillard first round, Sanders second round. Did, did they move up to take Dillard? Yeah, they did. Okay, yeah, well, that's even worse. Uh, second round was Sanders and Whiteside. Fourth round was Sharif Miller, and then Clayton Thorson, who got, who didn't even make it out of training camp, was their fifth round pick. So basically, all you have to show for that is the running back. Yeah, yeah, well, it's you know, I mean, right, look. if you want to go back to eighteen, they got Goddard, who's been good. Avante Maddox, Goddard's been real good. Yeah, Avante Maddox, who is a, a slot guy. Josh Sweat, who's been decent. 
uh, with ten sacks. In, yeah, those guys. That's not those. Those yeah. names aren't bad. Matt Matt Pryor can't play in Myalata. And Myalata could turn out to be. I mean, he like I said, if you if you take a guy in the seventh round that turns out to be your left tackle, that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to knock him for Whiteside and Dillard, you know, maybe Rager, I got to give him props for Myalata. Now, I don't think that was Howie's pick. No, because I don't think Howie picks in the seventh round. That. Like I said, did, didn't we have somebody last week that told, was it Jody or was Jody? Somebody told us that it was the line coach that saw him or something. Oh, it was a uh, uh, yeah, Statlin. Statlin, um, who Marcus Hayes has told me this was last year when I saw Marcus before, when Doug was still the coach. He told me Statlin was exceptional at what he does uh, for whatever that's worth. So yeah, I mean, you know, if, if my lot of turns out starting left tackles in the NFL are a commodity, so. But again, you know, you you moved up to take Dillard. Right. I'm. It's funny because I'm looking at the draft picks they've made since um, Chip got disposed and how he came back. All right, and, and you know, you have Wentz that highlighted the 16 draft. And look, Carson Wentz is Carson Wentz led you basically to a Super Bowl. You know, to put, point. put you in position, put to you win. in a position to win it. Okay. Yep. But, but other than that, for a number two pick, he's been mediocre. Would you say? Uh, he's been, I wouldn't say mediocre. Mediocre to me has a bad connotation. He's been at, he's been average. Yes. I mean, he did lead them to the playoffs. The one He played well at the end of the two years. Right. The, the two years. No, no. Foles had to come in in 18 because he got hurt. Right. That's right. So 19, he did. He led them those last five games or whatever it was. That was his best stretch maybe outside that initial 17 surge. Yeah. 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 And then last year he was horrible. So, yeah, maybe mediocre is – I mean, it's hard when a guy did have an MVP type of season yeah. to say mediocre, but at best I'll say he's been average. But, like, I'm looking at some of the other guys they've had. So, say, Amalu was the second pick of that draft for the – he was in the third round. Small Wendell Smallwood didn't really do much for them. Uh, Vitae – Pumphrey? When did they take Pumphrey? Pumphrey, was, Pumphrey was, was 17. Uh, that was a bad pick. Vitae – uh, Jalen Mills, you give credit because Jalen Mills actually has had a pretty good career. Yeah, sure. Yeah, everybody can't be a star. No. Um, then the following draft it was Barnett, mediocre, uh, oh, injury prone. Yeah. Sydney yeah, Sydney Jones obviously went elsewhere and, and thrived. Rasul Douglas has been okay. Matt Collins never stuck. Uh, Pumphrey, Sheldon Gibson, Nick Gary. I mean, you know, the, the, you go through all these drafts, and maybe there's one guy in every draft you go, okay, maybe, but that's it. And that's why when you look at this year's draft, then you say, okay, what is this year's draft going to turn out to be? You got the Heisman Trophy winner, and everybody questions his size. Nobody questions his ability. No. Okay, that's okay. I still think the guy that went, the other receiver that got hurt, which is the reason why he won the Heisman Trophy. I think he's better, and he did go like fifth, I think, right in the uh, to the Dolphins, I think. Um, the other wide receiver from from Alabama, no, Waddle. I know, I, uh, Waddle? Watkins, Waddle, yeah, Jalen yeah. I think he's going to be better, but you know, Smith is more explosive. The guy they took in the second round, I think he's a really good player, Landon Dickerson. Yeah, but is he going to play? I I have no idea. I think he's a really good player. Gainwell um, is the running back you're talking about who they picked yeah, in, in the fifth seems round. To like him. So, okay, you know, I got to see it, but everybody seems to like them. So, 
Who else? Was there anybody else? Of- well, Zach McPherson, the defensive back from Texas Tech, who... I I've heard so. good things about him, too. Right. But, like, Milton Williams, who is a project in the third round, uh, uh, at well, defensive well. line, I mean, you know... Yeah. And you go back to the Jalen Hurts pick last year. I That we're still trying to make sense of, yeah. and, and it may turn out to be... It may work. I, I I don't notice. I don't have my crystal ball. But I as I as I said last week, that tells you if they're already talking. All right, well, you know, they're pivoting to move on from Hertz already, which is kind of what they're doing. Well, because Deshaun's out there. Yeah, uh, but I even if think I even wasn't think out there, they would be waiting until next year's draft. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I, that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, but Jalen could play well this year, and then they could say we don't have to do that. They're giving him a year, but now that Deshaun Watson's name is out there, they're saying, hey, wait a minute, we can get this guy who's 24 years old and is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I don't blame them for that, other than the fact that the guy's going through all kinds of issues off the field. Yeah, But they, they obviously don't think that is is enough to deter them from trying to get him, from what, what we read. But you wonder, if they had not taken Hurts when, in last year, not taking Hurts at all. So Sudfeld's your backup, or they would have went out and got a Joe Flacco. What would have happened to Carson Wentz? Would Carson Wentz have had that kind of year? I I don't have the faintest idea. I would I, I would know, think I, I would think they would have this we would have been saying this would have been a must a uh, huge year for Wentz because of the fact that, you know, if, if No, he, but would he have had would he would he have I had know. that kind of year? Yeah, I I, I, know. I know what you're saying. I, I don't know if because everything there Carson was still Wentz a lot of, me, but everything Carson Wentz showed me from the time was that he turtled up. Yeah, he did. And so, if you don't draft Hurts, would you have turtled up? I, I, I don't. You, you know, the line got injured. Uh, Doug's offense came into question, but there was also people that were questioning Wentz yeah. from inside the locker room. So I don't know. Which is the same people that were questioning him two years ago when Foles was still here. Yeah, I, I, I like I said, Kevin, it, it, you can't go back. So it, wherever they're at, this is where they're at. And if you're asking me my opinion, I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be your quarterback in 2022. But I hope I'm wrong. I, I but I just don't, I don't see it. I, I, I don't. I think even if he plays fairly well this year. I think they'll I try to sell high gonna, at that point. Yeah, you're right. There's still going to be people who will say, you know what? Can we win a championship with this guy? Can we go deep in the playoffs with this guy? And I think the answer when they they're, that they're going to come to is we, we're not sure. And if you're not sure and Deshaun Watson's sitting there or somebody other than Deshaun Watson, I don't know, some quarterback this year is the greatest thing since sliced bread, you know, uh, that we don't even know about yet. I, and they had those draft picks. You know, I just, you know, I mean, the best thing that could happen to the Eagles, the best thing is that Jalen Hurts is one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league this year. He's at like at like the, the 10th best, 12th best quarterback in the league. And you can sit there and say, okay, we got our guy. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't either. But, um, yeah, you know, I'll, but again, getting back to the basic point, will I watch tomorrow night? Yeah, I'll watch, but. Because it's what we do, but am I enthralled with the idea of seeing You there? mean you watch the baseball game or the football? Both. I'll flip. 
But see, the only reason I watch the baseball game is just to see the see the uh, the site. And once I see that for five minutes, then I'm like, okay, I saw it. I will I will point out that those are two teams that could very easily meet up in the playoffs. So, so that oh, that sure. gives me curiosity. Oh, and remember, the Phillies are an afternoon game tomorrow, so it's not like you're even going to have the Phillies option to distract. And, and let me you. ask you a question. What did you think? Because all I heard was, uh, listen yesterday, oh, my God, the town's all nuts over the Phillies. I, I get it. They had 38,000 or whatever they had no, on Sunday. I was there on Sunday, so. Okay. And last night they had 28. So what does that tell you? Does that tell you the 10,000 Met fans showed up on Sunday? Well, being there. So why was... am I hearing about how great Philly? Now, oh, the Philly fans are back on board. Okay, fine. I'm with you. They had 38. But if they only have 28 for the Dodgers on a Tuesday night when you have an eight-game winning streak and Scherzer's pitching, what does that tell me? All right. Well, let, let's also clarify. The 38 may have been also drawn because it was alumni weekend. And they oh, were sure, sure, sure. Stuff. No, I agree with all and there that. Was a get what I'm saying, all I heard shoved down my throat for two days was how great it was that 38,000 people were there, which it is. I'm not knocking that. Yeah, but, but before the Dodgers, but before the eight-game winning streak, they may have had 23. So they That's may have got 5,000 extra people. I mean, look. Okay. It, but you make a good point. It was the holiday. It was the, the Met fans coming down. I'm not knocking 28,000 right. people. And and so I, can I can tell you from walking around that building on Sunday, and I went on tickets. I didn't go as a as a media member. I went with my stepson. We got tickets, all that. Um, There were not as many Met fans as you would think there were. And I heard I, some people. I, I would agree with you from watching the, the, the look, like Saturday great. looked Saturday looked like more of a Met day than Sunday. It was great to see that crowd. It yeah. was great. I felt great for the Phillies. You know, it's been a long time to see that 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 much, and then for Wheeler to throw that kind of a game and all that. It, it was yeah. But now somebody was saying on the radio. Yeah, I think they called Anthony's show that the Phillies have sent out emails. Yeah, I guess. To, I actually got one this morning. What was that? Eight dollar tickets for Thursday. They were offering. Yeah, they they had a special of like uh, buy you know buy so many tickets for eight bucks for certain games. They they just sent they Thursday just sent another game. one today, which was a buy one get one. There's a package that goes. I think it's six tickets for fifty dollars. Uh, for or, well, I'm sorry, twelve offering all the September right. I think sixteen uh, games in September for tw like twelve games in September for fifty bucks. Hey, that's Total. a tremendous who. Won that's a tremendous deal. Even and it's a smart move for the Phillies because you get people in the park, they spend their money on parking, they spend their money oh, yeah. on... And yeah. it lets them... Yeah. It gets somebody bodies. Offers, somebody offers me an eight-buck ticket. Now, I, I don't think I can go tomorrow, but I know it's going to be hot. I understand. it's going. But who cares? It's August. It's baseball. Right. It's hot. That's part of the deal. Uh, who won't buy an eight-dollar ticket if you could go? You know, if you, if you, if you feasibly can go... That in today's world, that's like giving you a free ticket. Yeah. And yeah. so you get out, you get a hot dog, you get a soda, you get your park, you do whatever you're going to do. You're still probably under a hundred bucks if it's just you. Yeah. I mean, that's tremendous deal. It is. I just find it hard to believe that the Phillies still have to do that, given the eight game. But They're I not alone. How the world works. People don't catch on right away. It, it, it you know it takes some time. Aside from but aside from let's say the Dodgers. And I'll, I'll go the Red Sox, okay? Because the Red Sox play in a smaller ballpark, okay? Right. All these teams. I, you know, I get all these emails from a bunch of MLB teams because I bought tickets through them or, you know, whatever. They're, I'm still on their media list or whatever. 
I get right. all these ads all the time. Yeah. Just okay. trying to trying to get people in the park. This isn't the Dodgers are the one because LA they as much as we always talk about like how the the West Coast is a different animal, okay? There right. are two teams that LA follows with the passion of an East Coast city. That's the Lakers and it's the, the Dodgers. Dodgers. Yeah. And no, so what you're telling me is it's a baseball problem, not a Phillies problem. You know what? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's also the volume of games that they have as opposed to other yeah. sports and the volume of tickets. You know, it's easy to sell 65,000 NFL seats in a, in a week oh, for, a, yeah. for a week. You know, like it's a. If the, if the Eagles could, if the Eagles had 100,000 in that stadium, they would sell out. Yeah. Um, but it's difficult to. F- fill a, a 40,000 seat stadium 81 times a year. It is. And you know what I think the problem too, Kevin, is when you and I were younger, okay, and I, again, we're, I'm dating myself and it's like the old man's talking about, but you could go to a game cheap. You really could. You still I get mean, the Phillies Franks right, tickets, yeah. You get a cheap, You could, we used to bring hoagie, we, you know, we used to go, we bring our hoagies, we bring our whatever, that's how we would look for double headers. We got, so now if you go to the game, like you said, if there's 10 Eagle games that you're, you're buying a cup, whatever, you plan on that. So even if the day costs you a couple hundred dollars, it's a couple hundred dollars well spent. You tailgate, you do the whole thing. If you go to a Phillies game, four people, let's say, and you're going to end up spending $300, let's mm-hmm. say, that's a lot if you're going to go. And maybe it's not. I guess if you're going to go 10 times, you can make the arguments the same as going to 10 Eagles games. But Eagles games are just different. They're like an event. You know, there's only so many of them. There's 81 Phillies. It's homes. community, too. It's it's you you sit in the same set. Normally, right. if you're going to an yeah. Eagle game, you're a season ticket holder or you're getting tickets from a buddy or something, and you know people that you're going with, so you go tailgate and you go hang out with the same people in the same seats and all that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I just think baseball and maybe it's to a certain degree basketball and hockey also because I don't – I've just pri- – are pricing themselves out. Of the north, it used to be baseball was normal. People went there. It wasn't like you know the, the same crowd. That, the Flyers always used to be. Oh, it's the mainline crowd. You know, it's the you know whatever. The people I agree with you on cool. hockey. I agree with you on hockey and basketball. They are absolutely pricing themselves out of the market. For yeah, I think baseball is getting there though because um, like hey, when I went to as, the Red if Sox you're not willing to, I mean, I, I hate saying this. If you're willing to sell settle for a seat that's not quote unquote prime. In other words, if you're you. willing to sit in the outfield, if you're willing to sit in the third or, uh, in the third deck in the 400 level, you. You. you could still get a decent ticket for a decent price. Yeah, but like I said, when I went to the Red Sox game earlier this year, it was $90. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, again, do I think it was worth $90? No. I went because yeah. my friends went, and I didn't know it was going to be $90, whatever. But, like, it just seems to me, like, the, the sports writers are doing that thing a couple of weeks from now. I got seven tickets. Mm-hmm. Taking my grandson, my father, his father-in-law, whatever. The whole thing. The tickets were twenty bucks. Yeah, and you, and we're getting like a food voucher. Now I know it's a special thing the Phillies set up with. I get that's a tremendous thing. Hey, I can go to a Phillies game. Twenty bucks. I can get a soda and a hot whatever. That to me is is that then I'm worth it. Or even if just the ticket was twenty and I'm going to spend another twenty on food and stuff or whatever and. Pa- yeah, that. But when you're getting up to where you're charging forty, fifty bucks for tickets, and you're taking four people, and you include parking and you include food, 
I just think that for, for the average Joe, just the, especially coming out of a pandemic, mm-hmm. people, whatever, that to me, it's just, it, it, I think it's a lot to ask. And your team hasn't won in a long time, which which plays into it too. I don't know. And I'm not blaming the Phillies. I don't mean this as a knock on the Phillies. No, I, but it's the sport. Way. It's the economics of the sport have, have conspired to, yeah. uh, to make it where it's not, six buck tickets and and all that i mean yeah on a normal basis i will say like so sunday was a was a big i mean look it's the mets it's sure um and i bought the tickets on friday and the phillies seemed like they did i watched from afar a great job with that whole weekend oh it was awesome um yeah manny trio the the whole thing yeah the dave montgomery thing on on friday night was awesome uh smitty chooch yeah, the only thing, I mean, the, and it was beyond anybody's control. It was sad that Brandy Holiday and her sons could not be there. They both had, yeah. a, somebody in the family had a positive COVID test. They were not yep. eligible to come in. Steve Carlton, you know. Pull, pull yeah, they, they worked thing. lefty over the weekend. They had yeah. lefty there all weekend pulling, you know, displays. And, and I'm all. still not sure, as I said last week, or whatever, I'm not sure that Holiday's number, you know, should necessarily, I, I get it, he pitched a perfect game. A no hitter. He he won fifty games. He basically was here two years. I mean, he was here four. He was basically here two. I'm not knocking what he did. I'm not knocking the fact that no, he's in the hall. I, I know where you're going with this, and I he's don't disagree. Blue, he's a Blue Jay, and I heard Rob, I heard our buddy baseball. Robbie Ellis bring this up the other day too. Yeah, maybe if they'd won the World Series in one of his years, and I, but I'm not knocking the fact that they did it. I I don't mean it that way. But now to me. To me, the, the three guys from the 08 team, and if you want to include Cole too, but I'll talk about the core three guys. I mean, to me, they deserve to be up there as much or more, and I'm not sure any of them are getting to the Hall of Fame. No, but I think all three will have their numbers retired. Right, but that means they'll deviate from what they're – and I don't have any No, they, they've, broken, they've broken the policy. They've, they've yeah. admitted they've broken the policy. Yeah, and but, well, but Dick Allen's going to get in, though, I think, right? We th- we think yeah think but uh, well we think but and I thought it was a good I don't want to be the New York Yankees retiring Jorge Posada I'm sorry that's me I love Jorge I love Bernie Williams but their Paul numbers O'Neal. should be the same as Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig and Joe DiMaggio no that's just and yeah no and 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 I'll, and I'll make the argument I've made this a couple times this weekend Jimmy Rollins if you don't retire Jimmy Rollins. Chase Utley and Ryan Howard's numbers. Okay. And I'll throw Cole Hamels in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you don't retire their numbers, what you are basically doing is saying that the most that the organization can honor you with is the wall of fame and that right. your contributions. And, and, and this is going to sound, this is no disrespect to any of these guys that I'm going to mention. They're going to be the same in contribution settings as Mike Lieberthal, yeah. Juan Samuel, Tony Taylor, um, guys who you would never dream of retiring their numbers. I just think a retired number to me should be ultra special. And now, and the Yankees have more ultra special guys than any franchise because they're the Yankees. I understand that. I've always liked. I think Villanova does this, if I'm not mistaken, with their basketball program. With they've the got jer- a lot of. They don't retire numbers; they retire there. jerseys. Right. Right. And so somebody can wear a number that's up there. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Scotty Reynolds was number one, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, and then Brunson did it. Right. Brunson yeah, so, so, But to me, that's all. So if they want to honor Halliday in that way, but if somebody, God forbid, wanted to wear 34 down the road, like Pete Rose wore 14, 
which was Jim Bunning's number, before Jim Bunning went into the Hall of Fame. Okay? They both wore 14. Fine. The Yankees had two guys wear eight. Two of their cat, Yogi Berra and that other great catcher they had back in the 30s and 40s. But I'm just saying is it – and look, we all loved Roy Halladay. We loved that he came here. We well, loved what he stood – but, you know, I, I just have a little bit – I'm not saying it, it turns me off. I don't mean it that way. But he was here but, for two but years. A team, but a team can retire a number for whatever it decides. Whatever its criteria it is, it's their, it's their decision. And, and I compared this – I'm trying to find a way of saying this where it doesn't sound cold. Um, I compared this to the Flyers retiring Barry Ashby's number. And, and what I mean by that is simple. Yes, is Roy Halladay a superior player to Barry Ashby? It was for the Flyers. Yes, he is. They're, they're clearly okay. I'm not. You know, you, you look at what Halliday did in that one year in 2010 and say it's probably the second best pitching year a, fr- a franchise pitcher has ever had. Only maybe Carlin 72 is better. Okay, but there's an impact that Ashby connected with the Flyers and their organization, and his loss was felt on such a personal level that they felt like they had to do that. And I yeah. think in a lot of ways it was the same with Halliday. That when Halliday died, I, I, I think that because of his work ethic, because of the way he, he wanted to come here, because of the way he treated people in the organization, and that's a big factor in this too. But I think they would have done I, – I, I don't think that's why they did what they did. I, I, they would have retired his number. I don't think they retire his number. If, uh, oh, this I do, qui- not this quickly, went, no. Not, once he went in the Hall of Fame, because the precedent has been set. That once you go into the Hall of Fame, your number because the Phillies don't have that many Hall of Famers, and and their Hall of Famers Ashburn, uh, whatever they got Chuck Klein, uh, and and I guess Dick Allen now, but they, they don't have no. Hall of Famers. The no. Phillies just don't have them. No, but, but remember Ashburn Ashburn's number was retired long before he went into the Hall of Fame. Okay, that's fine. But when I see 32, 34, and thirty six up on that board, not that thirty four doesn't belong, but 32 was here for over a decade. Okay. One or world 15 series, years. Right. What did what he did three, whatever. And Robin Roberts was the best right-handed pitcher in franchise history. Yes, exactly. And you know, like I'm here for 20 years or fit here for 16 years. Yeah. Whatever. I can make the argument that Kurt Simmons could all could maybe be up there. Uh, Kurt Simmons uh, is great for a long time, but he's not in the hall of fame. I don't think you can make an argument then for Rick Wise. Yeah. Uh, and I don't even know what number Kurt wore. I should know this. Um, you can make the I, argument then for Rick Wise you could, or uh, or uh, Chris Short or whatever. I mean, yeah, you can. Yeah, but I even think Kurt more than Chris Short. But hey, but I understand where they're coming from. I don't have a problem with how they being there. All I'm saying is that I I and I understand all the circumstances. And, and yes, but I just think when I think of Roy Halladay, I think of a Toronto Blue Jay. When I think of Steve Carlton, I think of a Philly even though he pitched for like 35 teams at the end of his career, and he started with the Cardinals. When I think of Robin Roberts, I think of a Philly. When I think of Richie Ashburn, I think of a Philly. That, that's, to me, that's the difference. That, that's all. And maybe it's a minor difference. You know, Jim Bunning pitched for, you know, had a no-hitter with the Tigers before he came to the Phillies. So, you know, there, there is that. But I, and I agree with you, though, that at some point, and I don't know about Hamels, but Hamels will probably get included because you could also make the case to me Ruiz was as much a part of that, you know, core kind of thing. But Rollins, Utley, and Howard are three great Phillies. It just, it's just the way it is. 
And somehow, I agree with you, they can't be lumped in with Mike Lieberthal. But, you know, and the other guy that I could see is uh, Darren Dalton. Yeah. By the way. I mean, he was a Philly. We thought we thought of Darren Dalton as, as like we thought well, of Utley, didn't we? You, you could, in theory, if you want to retire 10, you could retire 10 for both Dalton as an emotional guy. Yeah, well, uh, a clubhouse leader and all that. And Boa would be the uh, for oh, as a life. I would have no problem with Larry Boa getting his. He he's in the the the, the wall of he's, whatever. Both right? of them are in the wall of fame. Yes. Yeah, I mean Boa to me was a great Philly. Um, is, you know, but that's again that was my era. That was I think Boa. You can make a case for Boa being in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, some fame. some breaking golf news. Yeah, Marion. Oh, you did see this? Okay. I, I already wrote a story about it for somebody. Okay. Uh, Marion will get the U.S. Open in 2030 and 2050. They get the Women's Open in 34 and 46. The Amateur in 26, which was known, correct, Mike? Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't think that was – I don't know if that was known yet. Because I thought we had talked about it. Does. First of all, this is the worst-kept secret in golf. Yeah. Okay, but Because – 2030 is the 100th anniversary of Bobby Jones winning the U.S. Amateur at Marion to complete his Grand Slam. And 2050 would be the 100th anniversary of Ben Hogan coming back from his near-fatal auto accident to win in the iconic photo of him with the one iron on the 18th hole of the last hole regulation. And there's plaques for Hogan and there's a plaque for Bobby. That, that, to me, was a no-brainer. It's just a matter of can Marion handle it because people saying the course should, you know, had, had, was no longer viable because of its length, because of the logistics of holding it there. They pulled it off in 2013. I'm imagining they're going to find a way to pull it off. You know, Who knows what the world's going to look like in 2050? I, I can't sit here and tell you. And what the USGA all, almost always does, they bring an amateur in like four years before – the main event kind mm-hmm. of is a trial run, that kind of thing. And Marion has hosted, I believe, 18 USGA events. I'm, I'm, I could be right, the most of any club. Um, so this will continue that tradition. I've always thought it's a perfect venue for a women's open. And it will be there in 34 and 46 yeah. for the Open. And I don't think they've hosted a women's open. And I had heard some things that the membership might not have been looking to host the U.S. Open, so I don't know if this was all part of a whatever. But – because of the length of Marion, I think it's a perfect course for the women. Because you don't have to do a darn thing. You don't, You just go there and they can play. It's it's beautiful. Uh, and, and you won't get as many fans for a women's open, which means you won't have to deal with all the logistical issues that you have to deal with at a men's open. Haverford College really bailed them out a lot in 13 by mm. providing space. Parking. Parking and for other things, I think for vendors yep. and such. But I think it's, yeah, look. We knew they were coming, barring something totally unforeseen. They were coming. You can't not celebrate those 200th anniversaries. And 26, of course, will be our country's 250th birthday, where the Declaration of Independence, you know, was signed 15 miles away from Marion, I guess. Or yeah. A lot of things are coming here in 26. I would think. I mean, you you know more about the All-Star game. Well, the All-Star game for baseball is coming. I think there's supposed to be announcements in the next couple of years about the NHL and the NBA. Yeah, I mean, uh, it would make so much sense. The Super Bowl has not been committed yet for that. I don't think the Eagles, though, are pushing it. Um, because there was talk about the Eagles trying to get the Super Bowl here for Philly. 
Uh, but I think that the NFL. They're not going to the Super Bowl. No, but I think the N- I think the NFL has also looked at it as uh, they're not going to risk the cold weather city thing without a dome again, like they did in. New maybe York. maybe they'll bring the draft here in twenty six. Maybe like uh, that would be that successful. would be great. That, and you know yeah. what? That would fit more into the summer timeline. I'm sure that everybody uh, would kind of want. Um, and the Eagles will be the reigning Super Bowl champs at that point, <laughs> so it will make for great theater. Uh, Howie will be on ring number two. Uh, by the way, we should point out maybe three. Oakmont, maybe, Oakmont maybe. also got the U.S. Open out in Pittsburgh in twenty-five, which they already had. They already had that thirty-four, forty-two, and forty-nine. So they are Oak, now. Oakmont is first of all. You got whenever they come out with their golf rankings. Oakmont Marion was five Oakmont last year. Yeah. Always like six and seven, and they'll switch. You know, one year Marion will be six. One year Oakmont might be six, and they're two totally different golf courses because Oakmont is a bear. And I've always said if the if the U.S. Open was going to hold like one place, the quintessential U.S. Open venue, to me it's Oakmont. Mm-hmm. You can make a case Pinehurst because they could put fifty thousand people, but Pinehurst isn't as good, nearly as good as Oakmont. You can make a case for like a place like Winged Foot or Shinnecock, but to me Oakmont is the quintessential U.S. Open uh, golf course. And they're going to go there like once a decade. That's just what they're going to do. And they're on the rotation, so to speak. Marion will never be a once every decade. No. And after 2050, I don't even – look, that's, I'll be dead by then. What they'll do after that, I, 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 who, who the hell knows. But Marion, I hopefully will get it once every quarter century, let's say, because they'll come up on anniversaries. You know, they'll come up on – 2071, you know, Trevino, Nicholas, the hundred that, but I, it's, it's not the same as Jones and Hogan. I mean, they're two of the greatest moments in golf history and they both happened on the same course, you know, in the 18th hole and the 11th hole with Marion are about 150 yards apart. And, and, and look, Oakmont, you're right. Oakmont's going to be in the same. Pebble is always going to be in the rotation. Pebble's always going to be in there. Yeah. Pinehurst will be in the rotation. Yeah. Um, Shinnecock will probably be in the rotation. Shinnecock will. I don't think we'll see uh, Beth Page back in it. No, I think Beth Page is actually getting a PGA. Yeah. And uh, usually when you do that, that means you're not. Uh, sh- a wing foot, I think, is one of those kind of courses also. Wingfoot, ha- Wingfoot just had it, right? When um, Yeah, Wingfoot had it late, last year for, for DeChambeau. But um, that was the first time they were there since 2006. Yep. Uh, the next two years are actually going to be in places they haven't been in a while. Brookline for the country club next year. Right. Uh, up in Massachusetts. And then they go to LA uh, country club. Uh, yeah. And I think that'll be good that LA's get, and, and why the West coast, why they haven't went to LA country club. I, I don't know. I, there, there's always politics about the club actually has to ask the USGA. They go to the USGA and say, we'd like to host Brookline. There was a lot of people that thought Brookline was going to get the 2013 open that Marion got. Because it was the hundredth anniversary of Francis Wimet winning the U.S. Amateur, which right. was a big, big moment in golf history. Uh, he beat Harry Varden and Ted Ray, and, it was, and he was an amateur. You know, just some kid that lived near the course. It, it was a great story, uh, but they didn't. And I think the the story at the time was that they'd gone to the Country Club, which hosted the Ryder Cup in uh, 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 what was the great Ryder Cup they came from behind nineteen ninety nine. Uh, uh, ninety nine. And they asked the country club, look, we want you to do these four things to the course. And the country club basically said no. 
And that's why they ended up at Marion. That was the story. Now, I don't know if they've done things at a country club or because the country club was a lot like Marion. They were like, we love you. Right. We love the course, but we need you to do this. They step up into the 20th century. And, and, it, and Marion, I forgot to mention this, Marion just underwent a, a, a pretty significant renovation that Gil hands it. it so they've done some things at the course also. If you look at it also, the one thing with the country club, they haven't had an open since 88 when, when right. Curtis Strange beat Faldo in the playoff. Right, because um, I think there were some questions about the course might not. Yeah, not only that, but logistically, can you handle an open? Yeah, you know, handling an open in 1988 was way different than what handling an open is nowadays. It's oh. just it, it's become so big. Uh, and the thing you you mentioned, Omet, uh, Francis Omet, Julius Boris beat Arnold Palmer there in '63. They've only had yeah, three opens. Uh, yeah, so. For them going back, it's an interesting thing. It brings it to the Boston area. Um, yeah, which is never a bad thing. No. I mean, you know, they're not playing, obviously. They wouldn't go to a TPC, uh, which is the other place, I guess, where they have the uh, the big tournament on Labor Day up there. Um, yeah, no, no, no. 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 They, they would go to an historic course. Like the L.A., I think, um, I'm trying to think that the the L.A., uh, is it Riviera? No, it's the, it's Riviera the is the, uh, the big one, yeah. No, but is that where they're taking an open? You said that they had given in the next two years. Where are they going? Well, San Angeles Country Club. It's it's right, so it's different. Um, First time they're ever hosting it. Yeah, but I think Hogan won there. That that's the place. I think I'm trying to think. I'm getting my my things confused here. But I think they like a a West Coast open because it ends at ten o'clock. Yep. On the East Coast, so they can do that prime time crap, which makes it horrible for writers. But nobody cares about us. But yeah, you'll you'll see. I mean, they'll go to you know you can pick the spots. They'll go to Pebble, they'll go to to Pinehurst. They'll go. I think the venue that they had that they just had um, this year in in San Diego. I think that's a great venue. Tory Pines, where, where Tagger won. Tory yeah, Pines. I think you'll see them going back there at some point. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and the Oakmont will get theirs, and your Wingfoot and Shinnecock, and they'll throw one in there every once in a while. They, they I think they'd like to go to Chicago. Medina has hosted several out there i don't know if now medina is a pga course or i have trouble keeping up sometimes some like baldus used to be a u.s open where they get in trouble where the u.s open gets in trouble or what the usga gets in trouble is when they go to these offbeat places uh what was the one up in near seattle um well they wanted to go this was the thing when they went to beth page they wanted to take it to public and i understand that that's a good thing I i think that's a good thing that you would take it to a Beth Page Black. Then they went to that Erin Hills in, in Wisconsin. It didn't really work because that was the year that they shot like 17 under. Justin uh, Justin Thomas won. Yeah. When they went to the one in Sa- out west. Like, Chambers like, Bay. Chambers Bay. The course just, everybody kind of agreed the course just wasn't ready. Right. Yet, for whatever reasons. But it was a good tournament. I mean, that's the one where... Um, Dustin Johnson, Johnson won it. it on the last hole and lost. wasn't good for him. But I, I think that you do need to move the national championship around. They never go in the South unless you count Pinehurst. And Pinehurst is the South, so I, I will say that. But they, it tended to be a Northeast thing and a Midwest thing for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. That maybe we have more story courses. So I think the fact that, that you'll take it to L.A. once in a while, I don't think they'll ever go back to Chambers Bay unless – 
or Aaron Hills unless something happens. I think, like I said, Beth Page now is kind of a, a PGA affiliated kind of thing. I could be because I think they're getting a Ryder Cup at right. some point. So if you for you to get a Ryder Cup, you have to take a PGA usually. That's the way that works. That's like Baldus Rawl is a PGA at this point. Right, right. And Baldus Rawl had, had, had four or five U.S. Opens, I think. Right. So you have to see how that plays out. But I think the idea of taking it to a public facility, I know they had talked to the place in Chicago. Chicago is a great public facility where the Western Open used to be played at Cog Hill. It's yeah. just tremendous. And the one course on Cog Hill, Cog Hill number two, I think it is, it's, it's worthy. And I think they were looking to take a U.S. Open there, but there were things they couldn't figure out. There were drainage issues. There were things that they would have to do to the course. And maybe because it's a public course, I don't know, but, you know, and then you make the public golfer feel good about the fact, hey, I played a course that hosted the U.S. Open. Yeah, but I just don't know if it's always feasible to do that. Because the USGA, hey, when they come to Marion, they don't make as much money. No, they don't. That, that's just a fact. They're not going to put as many people on the course, uh, although they did sell a ton of merchandise. Yeah. I mean, it was like nuts. You uh, I'm looking over that. at some of it right now. Like, Yeah. You couldn't, the last day I went into the souvenir tent, you was, could not get a hat. Nope. Which I've never seen before, but, you know, so, but then the, the, what the USGA did, and they're smart, in 13 it was at Marion, the next year it was at Pinehurst. Yeah. And they took both the women's and the men's, and they could put 50,000 people on the course for the men, so they made their money back. hmm You know, that's, and look, they, look, that's the only event at the USGA that makes money. Yeah, every, so everything else as much brings money nothing. As they can, whether yeah. you like it or not, I like it. You know, they do have to have money to run their, to run their organ, you know, and they and then lose money on the other 10 championships or whatever that they run. So, um, so let me, uh, I promised a little announcement and it's a good one, it's a tasty one. It's a tasty one. Uh, we have talked about taking this show on the road and obviously the pandemic has hurt us a little bit in that goal. Uh, but we are going to uh, finally do it. And um, we are going to uh, Chaps. And it's not, it's not Northeast Philadelphia. No, it's not. We're packing the equipment. Um, we're going for a ride. And we will be at Chaps Pip Beef down on Route 1 in Springfield, Delaware County, uh, run by our, our friend Paul Hagen, uh, for a live show, which we will record uh, at Chaps on Wednesday, September 1st. Wednesday, September 1st, uh, we will record at 6 p.m. So we will be there. Mike and I will be there. Paul will be there. Uh, I'm hoping to maybe shake another guest or two loose. The Phillies are on the road uh, that weekend, but we're hoping we can get a couple other people there. Um, It'll be right before the Eagles start uh, the regular season. It's actually on the Eagles, quote-unquote, bye week uh, before the season begins. So we'll have an idea on... Everything. You mean there's a bye week. There, there's like, a bye know, week after the exhibition game, uh, after the preseason. So they're, so they're going to play their last exhibition game, and then peop, the writers are going to have to write two weeks worth of stories. Yep. Oh, I can hardly wait for that. Uh, <laughs> the, their final exhibition's August 27th, and then their first game's obviously September 12th. Okay. So it's over two weeks of no games. Um, so that was. Well, I would encourage anybody. If you don't come out for Kevin and I, <laughs> no. come out to eat, come out to eat because it, it, I've been there. 
I hadn't been there in a long, long, long time. And I went twice in the last month. One to the one in um, where Cal Ripken, Aberdeen, and one, the original one that Kevin took me to years ago. Yes, in the parking lot of the strip club. Yes, down in Baltimore. But the food is phenomenal. Yes. And and in this day and age, I think it's actually fairly reasonable. It is. For what I pay for cheesesteaks or – look, I don't pay a lot. People know that too. But when we do – and I'd forgotten how good it was. The, The beef, I took my family down. So my wife, my daughter, my son-in-law, and they all loved it. And they'd never been there before. And, I, you know, the strip club's notwithstanding. Uh, <laughs> it, I mean, it's a fantastic sandwich. The way they do their beef and, and the sausage and, oh, my God, it's just. I, got, I actually tried the baked beans, Kevin. Baked beans were really good. And the fries, are, of course, are good. And, uh, and, I, and the other trip to Aberdeen, I took three people who'd never been there either. And they loved it. So this is not just coming from me. No, no. It is a universal thing. Uh, I'll say it's my wife's favorite dine-out location that we have. uh, She's got good taste. Yes. Uh, So if you enjoy a little barbecue, they also have burgers. They have uh, hot dogs, all that. Uh, Come on out. We'll have a good time. Talk some baseball. Yeah, I wouldn't classify it as barbecue, although I, I know where you're coming from. Right. Because my wife actually got the, the pool the pool their version of pulled pork or right. whatever you and she loved it. Their mac but and I, cheese is the dive for. A, it's got a taste that's different than most roast beef you get. Yep. And then you gotta put the tiger sauce on it because the tiger oh god, the tiger sauce. <laughs> and and they they have a homemade I'm sorry, I just sauce. heard tiger sauce and I, I couldn't hold it in anymore. no and i mixed it with the they have a homemade they have a couple of barbecue sauces but there's one that i think is theirs uh and it's kind of yeah. got a sweet taste to it and if you mix that with the tiger sauce oh geez it's just you, it's nuts do you need it's, to be left alone for a second there just the composure nah, my stuff? son-in-law got the got the um oh god he got one of the bigger the uh sausage All right. on like a ho, like a hoagie roll I like the role that they actually put the sandwich on, like a brioche roll or whatever the hell you would call it. But he, he, I mean, his sausage was like, oh, God. It was, so anyway. So, I, I will eat well that night. Paul, Paul may regret having this out there. Well, I don't think he'll regret. I may eat him out. Of, I may I may eat all his profits. <laughs> Wait, I think we probably will still have to pay for some food. Mike, but well, I'll you know, pay for it. I don't care. Okay. I'll, 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 well, I'll, then you're going to add to his profits at that point. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's all it's all good. So it's, it's so all sep- good. so September first, six p.m. at Paul at uh, Chaps Pit Beef. It's uh, Springfield Mall area, the old Springfield Mall area. Uh, I'll get the exact address for you at some point. Um, but it is a uh, we'll have a good time. We'll have we'll have some fun. You'll have some good food. It'll be like a a, a ten napkin kind of experience yeah i will say that i know i'll go through a lot of napkins we'll 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 sit there we'll say hi we'll do the show maybe we'll have an audience participation segment um you know i which i know mike will love right mike we'll have a we'll have a paul participation we'll have a paul participation segment and i'm i i haven't talked to anybody yet but i'm hoping i can get one special guest who may come by and I think if I mention the barbecue, he will be by. 
you'll appreciate this, by the way. So in September, I have to go to a wedding uh, in Chicago. Oh, you eat well. Yeah. We're going out. We're driving because my mom's going. Gotcha. Um, and we're a little worried about airfare, uh, the airlines right now with how sure. crazy people are acting and all that. Sure. Um, so my wife's first rule, it, I can tell you right now, the week, it's the weekend of September 23rd through the 26th. Okay. Okay. The wedding is a Friday night. Are you driving straight out or are you going to stop? We're going to drive straight out. Okay. Okay. Wedding's a Friday night. And so we're driving out on Wednesday night. Actually, I shouldn't say that. We're le- drive. I'm leaving after school Wednesday. We're going to drive out towards Cleveland and then drive in the Chicago from there. Um, so you are staying over in Cleveland. We're going to stay over in Cleveland. Gotcha. My wife goes, don't get any ideas. I go, what are you talking about? She goes, it's a football Saturday and we're going to be passing South Bend. And I ha- I'm like, I haven't looked at the schedule, but don't get any ideas. Okay. Because I'll have my mom and her along with me. Yeah, traffic will be bad if right. they're home. Right. And I'm like, all right. So I looked at the schedule, and they're not home that weekend. Okay? Good for you. They are not. Notre Dame what, is... Penn, Penn State's at Northwestern? No, no. No. <laughs> Notre Dame is playing Wisconsin at Soldier Field, Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's even better. And so I go, oh, hunt. And she says, all right, you can look for tickets, right? Because we're going to stay Saturday night and drive home Sunday. Tickets are $400 a person. Do you need just one or three? I would think I just need one, but it's still, that's get in the door. That's like upper deck. Yeah, but what if you did this, though? What if you went out to the game, waited till five minutes after kickoff, when some scalper that's stuck with a ticket is. Yeah, but Soldier Field's not exactly a great parking spot either. Yeah, you could take. Can't you take? Uh, can't you take uh, a train? Um, I mean, Chicago has public transportation. They do. Uh, we're actually, I should say, the wedding is in Arlington Heights, which is outside the city. Um, you can get anywhere on Chicago on trains. True. That much I do know. But I'm just telling you, if you're willing to wait till five minutes after the kickoff, the chances are decent that somebody who's sitting there with a ticket that he didn't sell or whatever, that it won't be four hundred. Now, it still might be 150 or whatever. I mean, I can't vouch for that, but I, w- I mean, look, you got to determine is it worth yeah. $400? See, and it might be more than 400 and, But But point. here's the other point on this it's not South Bend. And, and I, I hear you. And, and, no. and like football, and you know this because you've been out there. Football and South, uh, football Saturday in South Bend. And seeing Notre Dame somewhere else is two totally different experiences. Then you just answered your question. Don't go to game. Don't go to game. I just got to find another game I can get out to. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, you got your wife and your mom. There's 100 million great places to eat in Chicago uh, that we could think of for sure. Well, there's also family issues, too. Like, I'm going to have to go to some, you know, obviously the wedding. Right. Uh, I believe there's going to be an open house uh, for my family. Uh, either Saturday or Sunday morning or whatever. Okay, well then go to that and watch the game on TV. What's the yeah. problem? No, I know. I just hey, if you don't really, you, you sound like you don't really want to go, or you don't want to pay four hundred dollars to go. Then don't I don't go. want to pay four hundred. I don't have four hundred to pay. So that's fine. And and on the way out, now I would offer. I don't know if you can make it to Toledo. That might be too. But if you make it to Toledo, Tony Pacos. Really? Oh, it's the one from Mash. It's a real place. Okay. 
But I don't know. Cleveland to, to Toledo might be a couple hours. You might not be able to make it all the way there. No, no. So, but if if you if you I don't well, even know if, if I'm leaving he, if I'm leaving here at three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And to get to Cleveland, I figure it'll be nine thirty. And right? I don't know real good places to go in Cleveland. I'm not. I'm not up on. My I think. Account. I think to be honest, it'll be dinner in Pittsburgh and in Cleveland. That's it. Do you? Do you? Have you ever been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yes. Okay, so that's 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 not a. Uh, well, hey, look, there's good places to eat in Pittsburgh too. I mean, that that one place, Michael A's. Yeah, Michael which is A's right is off good. the Turnpike. Michael A's is really good in Monroeville. I mean, that's right off the Turnpike. Mm-hmm. You could do that, you know, in a nanosecond. Yeah. That's what that's what I would probably do. Yeah. All right, Mike. Okay, babe. I'll talk to you later. You got it. Be good. Yep. Our thanks to you for joining us. We will talk to you next week. This has been Work of the Beat. Well, you went uptown riding in your limousine with your fine paw.